Our scripture reading today, in preparation for the sermon, comes from the letter to the Ephesians, chapter 6, beginning in verse 10. Please hear these words from scripture. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his power. Put on the whole armor of God so that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For our struggle is not against enemies of blood and flesh, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of the present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. Therefore, Take up the whole armor of God so you may be able to withstand on that evil day and having done everything to stand firm. Stand, therefore, fasten around your waist the belt of truth and put on the breastplate of righteousness. And for shoes on your feet, put on whatever will make you ready to stand Proclaim the gospel of peace. And with all of these, take the shield of faith, on which you will be able to quench all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Pray in the Spirit at all times in every prayer and supplication. And to that end, keep alert and always persevere in supplication for all the saints. Pray also for me, so that I may speak a message that might be given to me to make known with boldness the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I might declare it boldly as I must speak. This is the Word of God. Well, good morning on uh, this Memorial Day weekend. Um, Yes, lots of people are traveling. Uh, My travel's down here. A lot of wildlife were traveling. It was a bonus wildlife morning. Axis deer, wildlife deer, turkey, wild hogs, and more buzzards or vultures than you could shake a stick at. A lot of them were getting an early start on their grilling out on the highway there. Um, I hope that, uh, that you have, a, have a, a cookout as well, but uh, please use uh, charcoal or gas flame, please, not, not the highway. Um, this, this weekend, uh, Memorial Day weekend, is actually not what it used to be called. It used to be called Decoration Day. And uh, thinking back about its history might be a, a good thing to do. It, it, it goes back, actually, to the practices that came primarily out of the Civil War. Uh, I think in 1865, it was many, many thousands of African Americans in Charleston, South Carolina, who remembered the sacrifice of so many slain and dead soldiers that had been the they were the benefactors of that through their sacrifice freedom came Uh, within a year or two there were uh, decoration day services all over uh, the country Um, it was a time of it was it 
it anchors into the business of remembering, remembering something that has been given to us, a sacrifice that makes our life possible. That kind of freedom and the blessing that we enjoy in the moment had come from someone else who was willing to lay down their life for something. It's a pretty good thing to remember that there are some things in life that are just bigger than uh, grilling uh, uh, hamburgers uh, or the things that we uh, seek to do and with our lives in the moment, that there's something larger in our world, something larger in our lives worth living for and perhaps even dying for. It's in that context that this text from Ephesians 6 might serve us some usefulness today. Uh, this text speaks about some things that are rather sober, uh, and there are two threads in this text that I want to tease out a little bit this morning, uh, and I, I need to say a word or two before we actually move into the text. One is with regard to uh, evil, and the other is with regard to warfare or to battle or to conquest. All of those, those themes and threads are playing in this text. The, the first thing I want to say is that uh, I want to remind us that, frankly, evil is real. It is a thing. It's not something that we only see when we are uh, enjoying some blockbuster movie this summer and we find ourselves confronted with some uh, stellar galactic sort of evil as the guardians of the galaxy take, take, uh, take flight. Uh, it's, there is something real at work in our world that is destructive, and we must reckon with it. Uh, I think at moments we see it, it pops out at us. I think it popped out at us last Monday night as we saw sadly and with uh, great heartache uh, the reality of uh, 22 lives that were taken senselessly and dozens of other scores in hospitals in Manchester, England. We, we recognize it in the moment. We recognize it perhaps when we read news stories about the increase of sex trafficking and human slavery that impacts not just persons in third world countries, but uh, makes its way into places like Dallas and Austin and Houston, Texas. And if we were to look very closely, we'd find that it plays out in cities like Abilene and San Angelo as well. We, we discover it or we see it sometimes when we see the impact, the, the brutalness of what happens in, uh, in drug, the drug trade or, or in the way in which organized crime makes its way uh, into uh, our lives and our communities. But most of the time we live with sort of this arm's length sort of notion about the reality that evil is at work in our world. And if we don't see it, we don't hear it, it's okay, we can leave it aside. And yet this text presses on us a little bit to remind us that there's, there's something at work that we need to be, well, alert about, to stand firm against to pay it close attention to, or as another New Testament writer would say, First Peter would call this evil, uh, he would describe it as a roaring lion, lion, boy, roaring lion, say that three times real fast, roaring lion that moves about the earth seeking whom it might devour. And devour is probably a pretty good word for it. 
to suck out the life from human beings is the purpose and intent of evil in our world. M. Scott Peck, a psychologist a number of years ago in a book called The People of the Lie, describes what uh, evil is through the eyes of his eight-year-old son. And eight-year-old sons and daughters sometimes come up with the, the best way to understand something. And talking about evil with his eight-year-old son, the eight-year-old boy said, you know, Daddy, the word evil is simply the word live spelled backwards. L-I-V-E, E-V-I-L. Interesting. Interesting. That the, 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 what evil is up to is to take life or a lie, a, someone alive and destroy or take away the very joy and meaning and significance of another human being. You want another way of getting at what this evil is all about? Then I would send us to another direction in literature now from J.K. Rowling. How many of you have read the books and seen the movies? Death eaters are pretty much the sort of description of what evil is, isn't it? Just literally sucking the life out of another human being. That force, church, is alive and unwell. When it bumps into us sometimes in quiet places, it might find itself playing itself out on the pages of uh, the New York Times or the, the Dallas newspaper. We see it in the headlines at CNN or Fox News. But I'm saying we need to be, a, a, this text is inviting us to pay close attention, close attention to the reality of evil. Now, the second thing that this text begs for us to pay attention to is the nature of warfare and the language about battle and warfare and armor and all of that. Now, that kind of language sort of um, can be problematic for us in some ways. Uh, we, we want to be careful about thinking about that we're all just soldiers ready to chop other people to pieces with our little Roman swords. Um, and, in, uh, and, and we need to be careful of those things. But what I do want to point out is that sometimes we can take this language of warfare and battle and apply it to our personal struggle and our walk in life. And by doing that, we can start walking down a path that's very dangerous. To construe that my living of my life is simply uh, is in, in terms of warfare, to think about my work, my job, my pursuit of education, the things that I seek to do that bring meaning in my life as uh, in military terms, or to think about what we are supposed to do as Christian people as something triumphalistic, that's a big word, uh, a sense of conquest, that our job is to conquer evil, or that we're supposed to take over uh, and uh, make everything look a particular way, all of that is a rather dangerous sort of undertaking. And sometimes Christian people can get sucked into that. And we can sometimes find ourselves leaning into ways of thinking about being a soldier that can be actually quite dangerous. It's why I find Frederick Beekner's reflections on this quite helpful as he thinks about the ways in which we can perversely utilize such language and turn it on ourselves and end up with not a Christian response 
but a rather pagan and personalized response. He says the war is not, um, uh, it's, not about, uh, it's not about conquest or um, liberation. Um, uh, partic- if, if, if we're not careful, because if we take the language of warfare and place it against other people, this is what we end up with. He says it this way. You wear, the armor we wear starts to look like this, that we gird our loins with wisdom. The wisdom, the sad wisdom of the world that knows only that dog eats dog and the gods help those who help themselves and that charity begins at home. Or that we end up putting on a breastplate, certainly, but it's not the breastplate of righteousness. It's the, it's the breastplate of self-confidence. That we have no, uh, there's nothing but faith in ourselves. that we can only trust our own ability to make things happen for ourselves or you won't get anywhere in the world. Or instead of shodding our feet with the gospel, we shod our feet with our own wits and our own abilities and our own maneuverability and flexibility to get what we want in the world. And we take up a shield indeed, but it's a shield of security, of of thinking that it's about having money in the bank or a college degree or a basic skill that you can always fall back on. Or we take a helmet, but it's the helmet of attractiveness. It's the helmet of personality, or it's the sword of wit or cynicism or criticism that we wield. Buechner says, no, that's not the kind of thing that Paul is speaking about when he speaks in in Ephesians chapter 6. Now I'm saying all that to kind of set the stage for us to look at this text a little more this morning. To remember that, uh, that evil is real and it's not persons that we're doing battle with. It's not political figures. It's not the person we're fussing or have conflict with at work or in our neighborhood. Nor is it persons or groups of people that living in other parts of the world that are the interest of those of us who claim Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. No, what we are concerned about are these dark forces that are comprised of of spiritual forces that are at work in and through all kinds of ways. And for us to attend to those things, to respond to those things, and to, to be strong in the strength of the power of God, to use Paul's language here, then we will have to be persons who stand, stand strong, and receive the gifts of God that allow us to live not as conquerors or people who triumph or win victories in battles. No, we stand strong in the strength of God's power to protect and for him to accomplish the purposes and ends that he seeks to accomplish in our world. That is why, as a community of people, we will be people who are characterized by wearing these kinds of things that are characterized by God's truthfulness around us, that gird us around our, the belt around us, to use the language that is used here. This belt that holds everything together is truth, or truthfulness, or loyalty. 
and trustworthiness that comes because God is truthful with us. We will be garbed with a breastplate that protects our chest cavity of righteousness, of virtue, of character. That will be what will, that we will be uh, described by and cared for and protected by, by our virtue, by the character that God gives to us as we embody it and live it out. We'll be persons who find our sure footing as an athlete does on a basketball court or a football field or a baseball diamond with the appropriate footwear. Our footwear is nothing less than that which helps us stay strong and steady and steadfast in the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's what shapes us and forms us and holds us steady is nothing less than the life, death, burial, and resurrection. The ministry of Jesus Christ shapes and holds us in a good place. We are people who are protected from the evil one by shields of faith. That is to say, God's faithfulness in our lives protecting us. Not somehow or another our ability to believe against all odds, though we're invited to do so. It is God's faith that protects us and cares for us and provides a space for us to live and to survive and to thrive. We're protected with a helmet A helmet not of our own making, but the helmet of God's salvation, His deliverance. We know that we are protected and safe and secure, not because of what we have done, but because of God's deliverance. And we carry with us this sword, the sword of the Word of God, God's uh, living and active Word that, that protects and allows us to move forward in our work and in our lives. These, these things, these pieces of armor that this ancient writer uses from uh, the world of the Roman Empire are ways of describing what it means for us as a community to live with the gifts that God has given to us in order that we might live and uh, survive and thrive in the presence of the evil that isn't present in the world. And it is why... He invites us to be people who pray. Pray in the Spirit. Pray with all your supplications. Offer prayer to God. Be prayerful and awake and alert and attentive to what is going on around us. That is why I think Jesus said in what we call the Lord's Prayer, and we often pray it here at Johnson Street, that to, 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 uh, deliver us from tem- uh, to deliver us from temptation or to deliver us from evil. Lead us not, I'll get it right in a minute, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Why? Because it is a reality that is around us. Now I know that what I'm saying this morning sounds rather morbid and solemn. I know that. I wish I had some funny stories to tell along the way here this morning to kind of lighten the load a little. But it's real. And it's the sort of thing that through the course of the next 168 hours before we gather together as the church again, you will encounter places where sin and trouble or evil lurk. 
And you're going to have to make a choice whether to receive and utilize the gifts of God, truthfulness, righteousness, faithfulness, God's protective salvation, God's holy word. You will have to make a choice about utilizing these gifts or not. I'm often reminded, as I think about this, of the image that's created for me when I read the story about the first siblings, old Cain and Abel, remember? They go out to sacrifice. Cain's sacrifice is accepted. Cain's is not. We're not given a reason why. I think mostly to set us up for what comes next. Where Cain is angry. He is faced with some trouble in his life. And in that moment, God comes to him and says, Look, Your anger is getting the best of you and sin or trouble is lurking at your door and it will master you if you do not master it. And in that moment, we see evil lurking. It's present and a choice has got to be made by Cain. And sadly, and all of history plays this all out, does it not? Sadly, Cain chose to let evil take hold. Church, what I want to offer us today is to remember that God's grace and power and is at work in us and among us, that we also have to be reckoned reckon with the reality of evil in the world, and that we've been given great gifts by God in order for us to live with confidence and power and hope if we but choose to receive those gifts and suit up with the good gifts that God has given to us. So as we close this morning and we sing this song that reminds us of one of those great gifts that God gives to us, I invite you to embrace those gifts and live them more fully this week as we allow for God's gifts to bless us, yes, and shield us from all the harm that is present in our world. Let's stand and sing.